Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast. The podcast that explores the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. This is a very special episode. This was recorded back on Friday the 17th at the beginning of Voice of Palooza, the big event by Wes Johnson and uh, Ken Vigu. And I had the opportunity to sit in on a panel of a bunch of Fallout voice actors, all of whom you will recognize if you've played through Fallout 4. And we had an awesome, hilarious conversation, such wonderful people talking about their characters and voice acting in general, all sorts of stuff. This is a two hour long episode, so buckle up. You're going to get a whole lot of content with this episode today. And uh, there's no mid break. So you guys know how to do the Patreon thing. I love all of you guys. Thank you for your support. And uh, I'll read out some reviews next time. And also just a reminder Next week, we're coming up on the Fallout uh, Lorecast patron episode. So if you'd like to join us for that, make sure you sign up and let's be chatting about what we're going to talk about. That would be on the uh, let's see, one, two Thursdays from when I'm recording this right now. So uh, the 28th. So uh, come join us for that. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It was a blast to really get to talk to all of these wonderful, amazing, talented people. And... If you can, go to voiceapalooza.com, check out the rest of the events that are happening, and drop in a little bit of money for Alzheimer's research. We're looking to raise some more money to stop this terrible, terrible disease that affects so many people. So thanks again. Enjoy the show. And we're live. Welcome everybody to uh, an incredibly, 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 incredibly special first day of Wes Johnson's Voice of Palooza uh, with the Fallout for Hope charity initiative team working for the Alzheimer's Association. Um, this is only our first day and impressively, we are just uh, less than $700 away from raising $10,000 for the mm. Alzheimer's Association. A uh, big round of applause for everybody on the team who's who's raised money so far. Spectacular work. We uh, joining uh, today. We have the who's who of Fallout Four. Um, before we get started here, uh, just to explain a little bit, um, if you can, any small amount of money helps—a dollar, five dollars, however much you contribute. Um, in chat, if you hit exclamation point charity you'll be able to get the link right now to donate. Um, you can also uh, hit exclamation point Noble Chairs. Um, our good friends at Noble Chairs have been kind enough to sponsor this charity drive uh, with both a 10th anniversary Skyrim chair and a Nuka-Cola gaming chair. Um, it's like fire engine red. It's beautiful. Yeah, that would scream in that dark cave that you've got going on there. <laughs> Like glow in the dark with that moment. everyone screams in my dark cave here <laughs> well introductions all around we'll start uh, top left here mr stephen russell whom you know best as the voice of nick valentine how are we doing 
to my right, co-hosting with me today is the the man who needs no introduction in podcast land, Mr. Robots, Tom from the Fallout Lorecast. Oh, and Tom, he's muted. And Tom, Tom, we have no audio. That is, and that I is was evil. Muted. That is I evil, am a, Kenneth, to get a co-host and we, then mute him from the yeah. start. Can we get an F in chat for Tom's first mute? Obviously, a professional podcaster, this guy. Uh, thank you so much for including me on this, Ken. And it's so nice to meet all of you. Having heard your voices countless times and actually getting to put faces to them, this is wonderful. Thank you so much. Oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, you're right, guys. Um, to my right is uh right on the end here is christopher walker hello whom you know as initiate clark uh second row left we've got paul eiding the voice of the vault tech rep good morning vault tech calling (laughs) (laughs) happy to be here People's positions in Zoom for some reason keep switching. So currently, uh, Paul is now Christopher Walker. <laughs> oh, no. hey guys, if you shut off your uh, camera, it moves you into a lower section and everything will move. So you'll be watching Ken's head going back and forth like one of those little dogs, uh, bobblehead dogs in the back of the car. <laughs> I'll, I'll rearrange everybody's name. So keep your cameras on. Um, everyone got, uh, Never mind. Yep. So next, well, let's see. We've we've shuffled around here. So uh, now we we have Wes Johnson sitting you, in uh, Paul's place. Ken, if you drag uh, Chris back to where he was, everybody should go right back to where they were. Uh, I did all this, huh? Oh, <laughs> I I was today years old when I found out that you can drag and drop people on Zoom. How? Yes, yeah, but there you what go. Do we, what do we do when Ta-da! the music stops? I'm not clear. Nice. <laughs> I have no way. Where am I? I have no idea. I, I thought I knew where I was. I thought I was next to Nick. I have no idea either. Okay, there we go. Now we're in the right position. with my head, Ken. <laughs> I'm, so, also very I'm sorry, Danny. Who are these people? <laughs> well, that's all the time we have. So back to Wes Johnson. Wes, Wes Johnson has joined us surprisingly at Wes Johnson's Voice of Palooza. Thank huh. you for thank you for taking Who'd your time. Who that? Yeah, it's wonderful to be here and have everybody join us here for this uh, to fight against Alzheimer's. I know it's touched me and my family. It's touched so many lives and so many families. So personally, thank every one of you for being here today. And thank you to the gaming community who's come out in force to uh, to fight this thing. I'm wearing my uh, my ALZ uh, sunglasses today because you all are so bright and shining. Okay, your hands, you hold up your hands, and it's like there's two white lights on them. It's really amazing. <laughs> to Wes's right, we have the voice of Scribe Halen, uh, the consummate professional right now sitting in her beautiful booth is Jan Johns. Hi. I'm gonna do it. It's gonna be cool. I'm gonna have like a background one day and things like everybody else. It's gonna be my hands are gonna glow too. Yeah. Sort of like you're you're outside the principal's office waiting to be called in for something you've done wrong. Oh no. Yeah, it feels like every day of my life. Uh Elizabeth Noon is to yeah. Jan Johns's right, the voice of Ronnie Shaw and Irma. Yeah, you kiss your mother with that mouth. <laughs> <laughs> she said the thing. 
bottom left, the man who needs no introduction with that deep, deep baritone, Dance Dance Revolution, it is Peter Jessup, the voice of Paladin Dance. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Ad Victorium. There's the thing! Uh, just to his right is John Gentry, the voice of Preston Garvey. Hey, everybody. Happy to be here. What settlement is that behind you help. there? <laughs> John needs your help on his epitaph. I'm sure John is not at all tired of hearing that. <laughs> Never. How many times do you have to sign that on people's bodies, John? <laughs> no oh, know. no. I don't know. All the tattoos that are out there. <laughs> And last but not least is Danny Chirago, the voice of Hancock the Ghoul. I'm Cindy Brady. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome everyone. We're we're absolutely honored to to have all of you gathered here today um, to to remember Fallout Four and uh, how it really impacted all of our lives, but also to to talk a little bit about your backgrounds, uh, to loosen things up a little bit. Uh, my good friend Tom is going to take over here with some rapid-fire wild questions to get things going. Yeah, so um, normally Ken and I do a series of questions for a single guest when, when they ha we have them on our show. But since there's so many of you, I'm only going to do three questions, but you all get the same three questions. Mm. So we're going to go, we're just going to go in order from top left to bottom right. And I'm going to pitch the question out. And these are rapid fire. This is don't think too hard on it. Just answer the question. And then we'll go to the next person and banter will occur and we'll all have fun. So we have voice actors. Tom. Who's top left. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea what the too hard on anything. Sorry. Yeah. So I'll, I'll call you out as we go. So Stephen <laughs> is top left. It's Stephen. And then Christopher, Paul, Wes, Jan, Elizabeth, Peter, John, and Danny. The same order. Oh, see, I, I was Good like, night, John boy. I'm not next to Nick Valentine at all. That's a bummer. Neither <laughs> <laughs> am I. Oh, anyway. All right. So, so for the first I question, Stephen, and this, yeah. and you are all going to get this question eventually also. So be thinking about what you're going to answer. In this scenario, you catch the FEV, the FEV, the forced evolutionary virus. Ah. And, you're, and you're happy to learn that you don't mutate into a monster, but it does affect your voice. Suddenly, you can only speak like either a super mutant or a protectron. Which do you choose? Dude, oh, definitely the, the super about? mutant. <laughs> yeah. Super mutant? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, and but, why? Well, um, a lot of my family are actually super mutants. So. <laughs> Wow. Easy, easy to kind of, you know, I could do that. Brilliant. Wonderful. Christopher. I like how there's no follow up to that statement. We're just moving on. Like, okay, sure. That's great. No, that's whatever. They're proud, too. I'm, I'm not outing anybody. <laughs> we are who we are. Take us or leave us as is. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right, Christopher, what would you choose? Uh, that is a, a great question because this has actually happened to me in my life. Um, and what happened really is I was just stuck uh, doing 80s Kevin Costner. That's what my voice turned into. 
So I guess that's super mutant. <laughs> Could, yes. could we have a taste of that? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need a taste of Never stop fighting till the fight is done, gentlemen. Let's take the fight to them. Part of a sandwich? A note from my wife. I spent too long working in a movie theater. That is amazing. <laughs> the Untouchables over and over again. Only. Fantastic movie. <laughs> nice. Nice. All Henry? right. Paul? Paul's next. Oh, no, I definitely go super mutant. I, I don't care about the mutant. The, the, the key word for me is super. Ah. <laughs> and to be super anything, I opt for that. Whether it's super dumb or super mutant, whatever. Super. As long as it's extreme. As long as it's exactly. Extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. Wes? That's a Sophie's choice for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. Picking between those two. I mean, you could do the uh, protectrons, which are fun to do. Or you go full super mutant, which is fun because look around. I smell humans. Which you don't have to because we're virtual. So that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So, I just pictured can't. I pictured dress at West just w walking like driving up to the drive-through and and just doing that Starbucks, McDonald's. Well, you could do the protectron at Starbucks and still irritate them, but I really do believe <laughs> that driving mostly brings out the super mutant in all of us. Especially <laughs> Massachusetts drivers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Massachusetts drivers. I will eat your heart. <laughs> no one who didn't who wasn't here pre before we went live will have any idea what we're talking about right <laughs> there's a callback to the pre-chat um yeah. so here's here's a question a follow-up question wes if you have if you can't choose either and you have to be both could you do an impression of a super mutant protectron i am a super mutant protectron Great. That's great. I think I broke something. <laughs> oh no, we broke Wes. I'm so sorry. All right, Wes, that was awesome. Jan, what would you go with? Uh, so okay, I I think I would go super mutant as well because I feel like I could like walk up on some people and they'd think I'm like, you know, some sort of sad librarian and then like nothing nothing against librarians. It's more like I would if I was a librarian. I feel like I'm digging myself in a Oh no. You know, a fun fact on Myers-Briggs, I did come up as like, it was, it was actor, um, minister, hospice nurse, and librarian. Those were my choices. I thought super mutant was going to be one of those yeah, choices. I did too. I thought she was going to say super mutant. Are you super mutant was the next one. <laughs> Are you twice removed from Steven? Is, is there a branch of the family, Steven, that you didn't know about? <laughs> Words. My Meyer Briggs came up almost the same, actually. So, <laughs> what are the what are the letters? I'm curious. Like TTFM. I and it was like I and I. Int INTP. JT. NSFW. So LMNOP. Got it. I took the Myers Briggs, and I only ended up with hot dogs and ice cream. So I I think I did it wrong. All right. All right. So Super Mutant, man, Super Mutant's winning out so far. Elizabeth. I would do Super Mutant simply because I'm a very literal person. So I would look at it as being something I'm not known for, which is to keep my big mouth shut. 
<laughs> a very big mouth. <laughs> it ain't it ain't easy being green. It ain't. It ain't easy. <laughs> my kids would love it. You know, I I once said to my son, if you call if you call my name one more time, I'm going to change it. And he said, you can't. It's mom. <laughs> said, I'll think of something. <laughs> awesome, awesome, Peter. What would you choose? Well, I think as a synth, I wouldn't be able to turn into a super mutant, so it would have to be yeah. a protectron. Okay, okay. We got one protectron. Give us a protectron. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it later when we're off off the chat. Okay. <laughs> okay. All, right. All, right. All right. Yeah, it's a tricky. It's a tricky one. John, copyright issues. Yeah, John, your turn. What, which what would you what would you pick for your voice to change into? Super mutant voice or protectron voice? I think I'm gonna go super mutant too. Just announce myself before I actually show up anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> now, now I I definitely have to hear you talk about settlements as a super mutant. <gasps> Gosh. Um, yes. Oh yeah. Yes. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> And, and I do have to apologize to you, John, because when I was going through the playthrough, you asked me that so many times. I eventually put you in a slinky nightgown and a, a giant uh, bear animal head. And and you still super serious asking about the set once every time. But you know what? It was much funnier that way. <laughs> I want to see that image. I, I really want to see that image. <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant. I'm, I'm actually going to turn um, slip into that a little later. So. It was slinky. It, you wore it well. All right. <laughs> wow. Wow. And uh, last on the list so far, uh, Danny. Danny, it's good to see you again. Hamilton. Hey, how are you, Tom? How you doing? Hamilton's back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I have no fucking idea what you're talking about, Tom. To be frank. <laughs> I have no. F- Is that from Transformers? The protract- protractron thing? Yeah, I have yeah. no it's idea. A, it's I a literally uh-huh. have no. You know what? I'm going to go with pineapple. I would be a. Pineapple. Yes. Pineapple. What does a pineapple sound like? I don't fucking know what a pineapple sounds like, Tom. <laughs> okay, let me try it. I don't know. I'm a pineapple. And... Okay. Yes. That was uncanny. And man. scene. Uncanny. That's what they sound like to me when I walk by. <laughs> they talk to me. Does the pineapple is. Does the banana behind you have a voice? Uh, nope. Nope. Strictly, strictly <laughs> pantomime for this. Uh, this little piece of fruit. Oh my god! Because everybody knows bananas are nature's mime. They are. Well, that's what the duct tape is for. You just put it over its mouth. And can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Otherwise, he's without the duct tape, extremely talkative. That if you listen, a hostage banana. If you listen very, really very close, low voice that you wouldn't expect from such a. Small there's a fruit. small voice behind him right now that's like, "Call the police." <laughs> <laughs> The, the police were already called during the pre-chat when uh, Jan gave us about 14 puns in a row about bananas. So <laughs> we were getting ready to put Jan in a timeout. <laughs> they should be there soon, Jan. Yes. <laughs> All right. So it seems like Super Mutants went out. We've got another question here. Question number two. In this scenario, the wasteland has taken its toll on you, your spouse and your marriage. Mm. Spouse has become a horrible person who's racist against ghouls. And you absolutely can no longer stand them. Would you rather be forced to stay in a bad marriage for reasons or have them overcome their terrible ways only one day years later to realize that they were replaced by a synth? So synth spouse. By what? By what? A synth, a synthetic person. Yeah, synthetic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So either synth spouse who you can get along with, who you like again, 
or terrible spouse that you have to stay in a marriage with, but they're actually a human. Steven? Oh, that's to me. Uh, <laughs> Go to you. Uh, sorry. Um, gosh. Hmm. I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably synth spouse, just because I don't like conflict and, and it's <laughs> easier to get along that way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, honey, you seem you seem a lot nicer lately. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, that would be good, would. Yeah. That would that'd be That'd nice. Work. That'll work. Christopher, what do you think? I have to stand by Initiate Clark. So I think you you gotta go with the synth spouse because racist against ghouls is not something that Initiate Clark can continue to uh That's right. tolerate in a spouse. So I'm I'm going that way. Yeah, pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. I mean that means that your spouse probably was killed off at some point and replaced, but yeah, you know, yeah. stand by your principles. I think. It's the wasteland. Things happen. The wasteland. Yeah, been there, done that. <laughs> Wait, <All right>. right. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're just going to move on from that one, like Stephen's <laughs> comment about his family and super mutants. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Next question. Okay, Paul. <laughs> well, you know, I, I know it's uh, for better or worse, but I don't think that uh, I could have handled uh, the the racism stuff. Um, and who knows? Uh, what happened to the human uh, <laughs> wife or the human spouse? Dateline will tell you. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe I may have had something to do with it. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, there's a whole backstory that's anything, coming out here. <laughs> but this. You know, I thought these were supposed to be fun questions. This is really some serious stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is too the serious for is, me. I'm worried about is the dark moral ramifications. Yeah, it's, it's a dark it's, place uh, out there. The last one is a little bit more fun. Don't worry. We're coming, um, we're coming back to fun. Right. I, I'd, I'd probably have to go with, with the, the sim. Depending on how the relationship goes, how, uh, how do I put this gently? <laughs> if our relationship was completely full, um, on all aspects, I'd go with the synth. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And again, don't overthink it. And these are the kinds of dilemmas you come across in a fallout game. Absolutely. So that's part of the fun of the question. All right. Wes, one, one moment, Tom, I did want to actually say, uh, Spanker prime. Thank you for the $250 donation. Oh my goodness. Wow. Thank for, you. for Alzheimer's yeah. association. Thank and also God. I missed it earlier. Uh, Jordan Pettit, I believe that is. Thank you for the $10 donation. Thank you both thank very much. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah. That's wonderful. Amazing. Thank you. So your question is a uh, synth spouse, correct? Synth spouse or you know, human spouse, but they're still a terrible person. You know, I think turnabout is kind of fair play. And I know that if the shoe were on the other foot, the wives would be all too happy to turn uh, us guys into synths because <laughs> that makes us that makes us immediately into an easier fixer upper. They just throw us up on the rack and, vroom, 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 and they get the perfect man. So, yeah, let's go with the synth. <laughs> all, right. all right. All right. Jan, what do you think? You know, so I, I would definitely go with the synth. smells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally would. I totally would. Because I just think you've already been through enough trauma. Like, why do you need to do more work? <laughs> right, mm. you're here. Right. Yeah. Can I make the wasteland any harder? Yep. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I would say there's no ED with the synths, but I know they might have some software issues. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. Well, apologize. <laughs> My bad. Sorry. 
Elizabeth, I know it's a tough question. It's a tough question because I'm lost in the marsh, but I probably would go with him <laughs> simply because I wouldn't have to worry about being right or wrong. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just kind of hang in there and take what I get. Just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Peter, what do you think? Okay, I'm going to break this down because there may be some spoilers here, but uh, <laughs> oh no! As a as a member of the Brotherhood of Steel, of course, uh, I have to hate both ghouls and synths. Mm. Uh, yeah, but having already been killed off and replaced by a synth, <laughs> uh, I would have to say, gosh, and it's it's funny too because my my actual wife is horribly racist. Uh, against ghouls. <laughs> and, uh, She's working on it. He does not like ghouls, let me tell you. Um, but I'd probably stick with her. Because there's, there's already one synth in the relationship, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Spo- spoilers. Spoilers, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John, what do you think? Give me the set. Give me the set. <laughs> <laughs> Reasoning, sir iPhone charging port, you know, yeah, there's <laughs> that. Exactly. It's the extra Multi- features. You get all of these. Multi-purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coaxial cable ports. And... All right, Danny. Well, you know, I've had a while to think about this, Tom. Oh, no. And I'm sticking with pineapple. Pineapple. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> but, but, but Danny, you're kind of a ghoul. So, I mean, this is a racist. You're still going pineapple. Your wife just hates your guts. I do love my ghouls and I'm sticking with pineapple. Somewhere out there, there's a fan fiction now with Hancock and his is talking racist pineapple. <laughs> it's being written as we speak. You know what? You just spoken into existence. I promise you someone is. Somebody is scribbling notes right now. I'm going to be the first one on Tumblr. Ugh. Yeah. By the end of the week, we're going to have some fan fiction. Um, all right. <laughs> we're up to the, the final question. This one, this one's a tough one. You probably go backwards. Be fun. We're going to start with Danny. This is fun, Tom. This is fun, but it's oh, tough. Yeah. So it's fun. it's a tough, fun question. Ready? Tough, fun question, Danny. Yes, sir. Would you rather fight one death claw sized goose or ten goose sized death claws? <laughs> death claw sized That's a big fucking goose. Really big goose, and and everybody knows that geese are basically Satan. Geese they are ferocious. Have yeah, you yeah. seen like the and inside crows, of those? They're taking over North America. Right the now. teeth inside a goose's mouth are are yeah. frightening. This is the like fighting a, a dinosaur. Yeah. Don't mess with the goose. Um, and the other question was, wait, 10 oh. like goose sized death claws? Was that it? Death size, death claw sized <laughs> goose, big old goose or yeah, 10. Right. But there's one goose sized death claws there's like one little. and it's so big maybe it doesn't you know it doesn't notice right. when you tie kick it in the leg <laughs> maybe but then again they're smaller they're less power but there's 10 of them not easy to fight 10 of anything including children and i should know i i did it once <laughs> even two-year-olds who are barely ambulatory are very tough to fight when there's 10 of them uh after careful consideration i'm sticking with pineapple, pineapple. <laughs> so you'd rather fight a pineapple I've I've given my answer. Don't press me anymore. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next person. All right. Thank you. All right. Going over to John. Going backwards. What do I have at my disposal? 
That's a good question. question. All right. Wait, why is there a pineapple all of a sudden there? What was where'd that pineapple come from? <laughs> from the, the deep recesses of Danny's mind. I, I, I only have a pineapple to fight with. You have here. Ooh, okay, here you go. That's not a bad idea. That's have, not a bad weapon, actually. You have whatever is within 10 feet of you right now. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take on one. I'm going to take on one. one I can outsmart it somehow, some way. Um, yeah, I'm not taking on 10, 10 of anything. That's so you're much. doing the goose, the, the goose-sized death claw? Or one the, giant goose. Yeah. One, yeah. I mean, I think this thing's bigger than you. It's tall. But I feel like I could like outsmart it somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's hard. That's what I that's what I did in the Commonwealth. I'm taking you first, down with advanced. I took math. on that first death claw by just like outsmarting the hell, the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have to outsmart ten of them, just one of them. Yeah, yeah. It, can I jump in again though? I'm sorry, it's not my turn anymore. But yeah. the pi- the pineapple as a weapon is really kind of making an impression on me. Think about all the ways you could mess someone up with a pineapple. Sure. Put it on pizza. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just feeling the really mess up some God. people. Oh, it does. You got spikes. You spikes. Got it's kind of weighty. You can grab onto the the, the neck or whatever. Just whack, it burns when you like, eat it. You can probably <laughs> kill someone with a pineapple, for real. Anyway, so. You think it burns when you eat it. He's dating it. Going <laughs> <laughs> out. Okay. All right. Peter, what do you think? I'm going to go with the 10 death claws. If I'm wearing power armor, I just wow. stop just stomp them in your power armor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what if you're not wearing power armor? I'm Paladin Dance, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. All right, right. I, live, I live in my power armor. Come on. What are you talking yeah. about? That's true. That's true. That's true. Are Even you, his uh, underoos are power armor. Exactly. I'm getting this picture of like you in power armor and like these little itty bitty death claws and you're like kicking them. Flying. It's like the opening scene of Guardians of the Galaxy where he's just singing, dancing, and just kicking those little dinosaur exactly. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punting size death claws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wee. <laughs> All right, Elizabeth. What do you mean, giant goose? Or coming out. I kept going in and out. So, what does the one combat have? I said ten with the goose claws, but what was the other one? The, the there's one big gigantic goose. Yes. And then there's so, ten little death claws, and they all and they all have the, the claws. Well, a goose doesn't have claws, but it does have a really big beak. <laughs> it has a big beak. I'm yeah. going to go with the one big, huge goose. I'm good one on one. All right, all right. <laughs> Do you have any tactics? Outsmarting? Anything like that? Um, I would use a little bit of Irma. Hmm to lure him see if i couldn't would you like to use a lounger <laughs> just try to have him knock on my door a little more gentle than he got <laughs> a smooth talk <laughs> to giant goose yes hey there baby you don't want to mess with me you don't want to mess with me honey <laughs> i like it all right jan what do you think wait did she honk Yes. <laughs> the honk of doom. That's it. You can talk goose to it. <laughs> so back to the pineapple for a second. If, if dating the pineapple, is that how they get the rings? 
Like the pineapple rings that come in the can. Yeah. <laughs> now, think about it, folks. Think about mm. it. And get back to us. Asking for a friend. And, uh, <laughs> oh my god. Also, pineapple, a symbol of hospitality, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. So you could kill him with kindness. Did you just uh, make that up? Is that is that true? Is it? I think it might be true. Someone. It is true. It's in Williamsburg. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is the Williamsburg ah. thing. The pineapple hospitality. Brooklyn. Oh, oh, not Brooklyn. Um, will you say Williamsburg, Virginia, Virginia right? Colonial yeah. Yeah. Williamsburg. Oh. Colonial. Oh. It's a colonial thing. Is Not Brooklyn known for hospitality? No. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> Fuck you. That's like. Hey, hey, here's like your hello. hospitality. I got hey. your hospitality right here. Yeah, like welcome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would pick the big one. I giant goose. The, the giant big honker. Yeah, because they're probably hungry and I can just like throw Nuka Cola caps in their mouth until like they bleed out. Oh god. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Internal bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Will geese just kind of eat anything? I feel like they're the kind of creature that might just eat anything. Like right, like like a goat. They're like goats with wings. They're like the goats <laughs> of the bird world. Is that yeah? Whoa! <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Geese, goats of the bird world. <laughs> I can't wait for the documentary. <laughs> Netflix next month. Wes, what do you think? Hey, here's what I think. I think what you got to do is get yourself a nice swatter. Oh. You know what I'm saying? You get yourself a little barbed wire and a swatter, some nice hefty hickory. And it doesn't matter what size, whether you're going for a big freaking bird, you know, let the feathers fly. That's what I say. Or, you know, he wants to come out here. He's got sharp teeth in his bill. Eat some of this, buddy. I got a little something for you. It's called baseball. Or, or maybe you get the little tiny death claws. I think it's great. Tee them up. I'll go knocking them all out. Yeah. Hole in one, hole in two, hole in 10. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> All right. Yeah, now I've got pictures in my head of you like knocking, not just kicking them with power armor, but just. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? I see one of them coming to me. I'm going to call my shot. That's Wes. Right. Pineapple bat. Huh? Oh, hey, you know what? You can cork a bat. You can cork a pineapple. They got that in common, right? And uh, sorry, Ton Three Crusher. Thank you very much for the twenty dollars donation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Paul, what do you think? Uh, well, even though my grandmother had a saying she's from West Virginia, and she had great sayings. One that was, uh, "You don't have the brains God gave a goose." Um, <laughs> I love, my grandmother always said, "God love a duck." My my great grandmother used to say that too. Yeah. Yeah. Now that yeah. that was too sweet. My grandmother was a little God harsher. Love a duck, and uh, I think that meant you're screwed. Like, yeah. I don't... Uh, well. You said anything within 10 feet we could yeah, use? Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it just so happens my daughter is getting married next week. And yeah. we're, building, we're building something here in my office. Uh, luckily, you can't see it. It's a mess in here. And there are lots of tools here. I've got mallets. Um, I've got a saw. Oh, and uh, so I would take the one. Uh, and I think my grandmother was wrong. I, I do have about the same brains God gave a goose. Uh, <laughs> but I have uh, tools to fight with. So I, I, I would take the one and I would, uh, I would kneecap him first. Mm. Take him down and then force feed him 
a, a saw, and maybe the mallet too. Uh, you know. Oh no. Paul, Paul. Getting graphic. Do geese have knees? Say again. Do geese have knees? Uh, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Sure. You haven't seen them? Yeah. They've been they like the backwards kind. Do like, goose yeah. have knees? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a country nice scenario. It's a country music song. There's goose have knees. It's the old, it's the old, the old timey phrase. Uh, that's the geese knees, right? Yeah. Way to geese his knees, baby. Yeah. Christopher, you're up. What do you think? Well, um, my grandmother was known for her colorful sayings. And uh, what she always said was, uh, well, for some people, a big goose might be a pleasurable thing. That's I don't thing. know that that's really relevant to the situation. Um, but I did happen to buy a loaf of bread the size of a cacatella. So I think I would go with your one big goose and uh, just try to keep it busy with little pieces of bread for as much as long as Distraction. Rachel, thank you for $211.11 donated to uh, Alzheimer's Ooh. Association. And Grim Reaper, we thank just... you for the $60 donation. And we we passed it ten thousand dollars broken look at that absolutely amazing look at that thank you all that's amazing this is day one people and you know what happens when we reach our goal we raise our goal and we appreciate that because uh the more that comes in from you guys, the more help we're going to get for uh, those who are suffering from Alzheimer's. And, and, and by the way, if any of you out there need us in any way for help fighting giant geese, we're there for you. <laughs> you know, you are donating to ALZ to fight ALZ. We will fight the geese for you. Mm-hmm. And this just Big or small. Big or uh, small. We, we can do the little ones too. That's true. The little ones too. One, 10, 300. We don't care. Any number. We will fuck those geese up for you. (laughs) There is no enemy too small. (laughs) Mazoga in chat uh, has confirmed that Google says geese do have knees. Ah, Thank you very much. Thank God. Good improv, Ah. Paul. (laughs) See, Grandma was long. She was wrong. The more you know. (laughs) The more you know. All right, Chris, uh, we're, did we wrap you up or were we done with you? I wasn't. I don't think I should say any more on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all, right. all right. Steven. Yeah, I listening to all this, I was reminded of uh, working at Looking Glass back in the early 90s, mid 90s. And, and uh, their offices were in North Cambridge in a, in a very uh, nondescript industrial office area. And every time you'd go there, there were, there were so many geese hanging around the offices, not inside the offices, outside. So walking up to the building, it was like you really had to be very careful not, not to kick a goose, not to step in goose shit. It, it, was, a, it was like running, a, a, you know, trying to get through a maze or something like that. So I th- I've had some experience with small geese. And I think that uh, ultimately what I would go with then is the pineapple. <laughs> it all comes back. you are, but I'm fist bumping you wherever you may be. <laughs> and Emily, Emily, thank you for that $10 donation to the Alzheimer's Association. Much appreciated. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. 
All right, guys. Well, thank you for uh, putting up with my question here. Um, it seems that uh, we have a variety of consensus on these topics, but that's also wonderful. Yeah. So now to, uh, I want to take you all back. Um, oh, well, this dropped off here, but when she comes back in. No returns. <laughs> we're all going back. No ins and outs. So November 10th, 2015, Fallout 4 drops had a massive, massive rollout. 24 hours into its launch, it generated $750 million in sales. Almost half a million people played it on Steam on launch day, shattering the record for the most online players uh, that was beaten. They beat uh, Grand Theft Auto. 9 out of 10 by GameSpot, uh, 9.5 out of 10 by IGM. Game of the year, best game at the Interactive Arts and Science uh, Academy, British Academy Game Awards. Six DLCs, including Far Harbor and Nuka World, both of which are fan favorites in the Fallout community. Mm -hmm. How did that feel? Um, once the game launched and, you know, everyone started hearing about your characters, um, what was that like for you all to see the game explode and become that big? And uh, feel free to jump in. Wes, you can start. I, I think it was wonderful. And I think that, uh, you know, for us, we don't really get to hear from a lot of people until we go out to do a con or we go meet somewhere. Or we hear people online and in forums like this telling us how much they love. I think all of us, heard about certain characters uh i know that uh peter and jan's characters got a lot of love and steven uh nick valentine transcended so much i mean you hit a real chord with that character i would imagine that i mean the love you hear from people just who play the games and connected with these folks was wonderful not not, not everybody loves your characters by the way i did see something online where somebody uh not only beat up but then cut all the limbs off of mo cronin uh i had to put new locks on my doors it was very disturbing but for the most part it was good <laughs> i'm going with one giant goose yeah <laughs> now, are you telling me the fans gave you one giant goose <laughs> I mean, 10 little death claws. I mean, there's 10 of them, you know? Actually, Danny's Danny's character is the one that generates the most erotic That's true. Fiction. The I fan fiction on your character, for, for Danny. For whatever reason, people love Hancock. There's a lot of drawings. They pronounce, you know, they <laughs> pronounce Hancock like... Yeah. I'm gonna have, with a name like Hancock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's in a name? <laughs> Yeah. Listen, he's like a ghoul. We don't even know if either of those things are going to fall off at any time. That's true. <laughs> or if they already have. Would be I will just say the, uh, the Imperial role is alive and well. Um, I don't know. I feel like Nick Valentine gets, I, I feel like he's the, the, he's the real heartthrob of this game. I mean, I know Hancock certainly has his fans. Do you have a lot of people out on your lawn in the morning, Stephen, uh, trying to get a glimpse of uh, Nick Valentine? No, just geese. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Paladin Dance also has, there's a lot of really fantastic art uh, of Paladin Dance as yeah. well, uh, including <laughs> including a pinup one <laughs> that I assume you've probably seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me See, about that. Of, what is that? Points of entry. What? Classic. <laughs> Wait, what? What? 
I'm so it's lost. A, they, they did a, they did a, uh, somebody did a, a wonderful sort of uh, beefcake pinup <laughs> of Paladin Dance. Uh, I don't know. I, I've always sort of thought, you know, the, the, the KMF game, it was, uh, you know, uh, the dance was the M and Hancock was the F uh, with the fans. <laughs> I don't know who they would K, but, uh, you know. Like Wait, Someone was, says there's a fanfic out there on dance called By No Constraint. Have you read any of these? I have uh, never Do read not a go down that no. rabbit hole. Peter, Peter, run. Peter, Peter, run. Peter, never. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I have not read the Paladin me. Dance. I haven't read the Paladin Dance fanfics. You're talking about Paladin <laughs> Dance with no pants. Am I right? <laughs> Someone sent me a fanfic between Shea Gorath and Lucy and Lachance once. And I was like, these are both me. I find <laughs> that's like my <laughs> high school years you're writing yeah. about. You know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so um, do you, <laughs> when I think of pal Paladin Dance, oh, one of the things that occurs to me is the meme of paladin dance dance revolution have you seen yeah. that meme? that I've one is hilarious <laughs> yeah do you do you guys have a like a favorite meme of your characters i'm sure that they show up in all sorts of different ways john's like i love the i love the um the shining here's johnny where he's like got the axe yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wall, funny. Like, another settlement needs your help <laughs> <laughs> yeah preston has the best memes man you're you it's, yeah, it's, you do one of the oh, one oh, of the oh, most oh. like on the official uh the fallout discord um that bethesda runs one of the most used gifts that i constantly see in there is one where you just kind of like leer in a window like hey <laughs> <laughs> You know, and even if you went out and did some fan service with that, uh, you'd probably get arrested. I don't have a meme uh, that I know of for uh, the Voltec rep, but, but these guys put together a, a, a YouTube, uh, what's it called? Uh, what is it called? Uh, the Voltec rep prank calls. Yes. Oh my God. Those are all hilarious. My all my lines and they call businesses and he's good morning. Vault tech calling. <laughs> yes. Can I help you? And, and he says, we don't want any. He says, oh, it's not about, we're not selling you anything. sir. it's all about you. And he, they, <laughs> the guys are really good and they come back really quick with these poor people, these poor businesses. And at one point somebody says, please stop calling. <laughs> but he, he just, I just go on. So uh, I'm being a jerk without even knowing that I'm being a jerk. I have ordered more pizzas as Shea Gorath looking for cheese than I'd oh. care to admit. Uh, I, I have a question for you, though, Paul. Your guy comes to the door and sells us this Vault-Tec access. And then like 15 minutes later, the bombs start dropping and they actually let us in the door. A regular company, we'd get there and be like, sir, He's not going to file that paperwork for the next three weeks. Uh, you know, it, that's some quick service, pal. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, unfortunately, they never got my paperwork because they the bastards didn't let me in. Um, true. So my characters, are, uh, both my characters uh, want to become ghoul, are pretty sad characters. Yeah. And I love uh, Arlen Glass because uh, that story just breaks my heart yeah that was a heartbreak yeah. 
uh, being a father of, of daughters and having not heard his daughter's voice for all those years. And then he finally gets to hear, you know, you bring my, this tape of, and I can hear my daughter's voice. It just, mm. when I was recording, it's like, okay, uh, how much emotion do you want me to have? Because it's, it was pretty easy to get to. The chat room right now is totally feeling you, by the way. They're, you're saying it's heartbreaking. They're going, my heart. They're calling you beloved. They love that character. You really touched them. The writing was so good. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. yeah, it was really, really well done. Are we lucky like that? I just, oh yeah. every time I get a Bethesda yeah. script, I'm just, oh, my God. It I blows can't. you away. It does uh, indeed. Uh, and yeah. and it's, it's, you know, I you you probably all have heard this or said it yourself many times there's nothing harder to act than bad writing and the opposite of that when you get something that is so rich and and well thought out and and phrases like people actually talk mm, yeah uh, yeah uh, instead of something that you're supposed to make conversational but you didn't write it conversationally uh, it it is such a gift I just love working on my stuff. And I had no idea what I was getting into because when they called and asked me if I would come in, I didn't know what the game was. You know, I don't know, but you probably didn't either. Had yeah. no idea. They go in. I had to shave my, I had a goatee at the time. I had to shave the goatee and they did the facial uh, mocap. And I said, what are you looking for? And they said, well, we were thinking maybe, you know, a 50s door-to-door salesman. You know, like a vacuum cleaner salesman, that kind of thing. And I mean, I'm, I'm assuming everybody's the same. We, we didn't get yeah. the script ahead of time. We just get the script then. And you, you, you fly and it's like, okay, I was having a great time. And then we got to the arm glass stuff. It's like, oh, thank you very much. Right? You're like, what? They- you do. You have to dive in into these stories and these scripts that you're just getting right away. And, and it's you commit 100% emotionally physically, uh, mentally, you have to really live these these characters. And uh, you can get very, very close to them through the, the process of bringing them to life. And in many instances, it's the first time you're reading these is the first time you've ever seen the story. So you've really got to be able to have that improbability and, and just throw yourself into it with abandon. Yeah, that I was also the, with the writing. But what, what I just want to make this point about writing is that the characters are so well-defined that if you, you're in a session and you're doing three or four different characters, but because they're, it's so well-written and you, we haven't gotten the script necessarily, sometimes seen a picture, you know, right. but um, you can really, um, m- you know, mold the character with yourself because it is so well-written. Mm-hmm. So you, have, you have so much to go on. It makes it easier to identify with the emotions of the piece when you can actually Definitely. feel them in the writing. Oh, yeah. And to find the choices, too. Yeah. 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 And, and we were, I was talking to uh, Liz earlier today that uh, dealing when you have a, a director like a Mark Lampert who's there to guide you through some of these things, it, it, it's, it's a really rich uh, exchange. Uh, it's, yeah. I just love working with the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I work a lot with Cal L. He was fantastic. Kal-El is, is very good as well. And there's uh, folks that uh, that are working through Blind Light now that are just wonderful. And uh, uh, I, I go back to the classic stuff with Mark. And uh, yeah. then there's the the other folks that are, uh, like you say, Cal, Cal is somebody who also lives, eats, and breathes this stuff. 
it yeah. isn't it's not just a job for them and you can sense that with a lot of these people it's passion it, they they love it i'm completely blown away when i'm working with cal just the depth of the knowledge that he has about the game about the world building about the character right at his fingertips he doesn't even hesitate if, if there's if there's a question about context, he's got it right there. And oh, because, well, you'll find out what this means uh, later on and maybe in the next session because you eventually find out that your character is bloody bloody. And how do you know all this? Yeah. And keep it all in your head. Yeah, you had amazing. me nervous where you were going with that spoiler till bloody bloody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the women are so interesting too, the females. Everything from you know, fallout where, where you have, um, you know, Irma, who is just such a wonderful character. And, and then, and I just, um, I think one of the things that was, that I enjoyed so much with fallout was the, the dichotomy of both of the main characters that I played. One I took as Mae West. I said, oh, she's, she's just like a Mae West. She kind of, you know, lounges and give her a little breath and, you know, do those kinds of things because the character was so well-defined that I could take my imagination and let it go wild. And with the vintage influences in the game, that's a perfect pull mm -hmm. for a character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Mae West you could really feel with that character. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, I, that's who I thought. The minute I saw it, I said, oh my God, I get to be Mae West. And now that you, now that you say that, it totally makes sense. Like I can, I can totally see it in the character. And that's, that's, it's so cool to get that insight from you guys and, and your influences and, and what you drew from for, for these voices and characters. Um, you know, with, with Ronnie Shaw, there was another one. All right. You know, she is the complete opposite. You know, she's a she's a military gal and, and she's tough as uh, tough as shit, you know, and twice as soft as is what they say. <laughs> but she has these wonderful lines, you know, you know, that one. I said, did you, did you kiss your mother with that mouth? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, I could take your butt down, baby. You know, I mean, she's so tough. And um, so it's it's just so much fun to play these characters that are so different one from another. Do you find that playing a character like you guys talk about getting into the emotion of, of the role and really, really getting into the character? Because, I mean, voice acting is acting. And in some ways, it's it's even more intense because you don't have your body to show the feelings and the emotions and the things that the character is doing as much. I mean, with a little bit of, you know mapping your face and movement, thing, you have a little bit more of that in today's games than you used to. But so much of what you're doing when you present the character has to come through in only your voice. Do you find that that like getting into character leaves you in a different place after playing the character, like personally? I, I feel at least with, with fallout four, it was kind of, for me, a catharsis. I mean, I got to leave and I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but not every job, um, Although I give my all, but there are certain certain parts I get to play where I feel like I leave a part of myself in that character, in that booth. Um, and it is such a release that I, I don't know if that's if anybody else can relate to that. But um, I don't know, like I feel like especially with Fallout 4, like I was I had gone through some pretty rough stuff with my dad where I had to like literally fight for him no one likes him 
Um, and I, I was like trying to convince people to help me help him, you know? So it was very like, like dance territory, not that no one liked dance, but you know, just that people were accusing him of being a synth and all the same, you know, but right, yeah, uh, yeah. But you know, so there was that. And then also like having to physically, I had to go search for him at one point. And so it was like with Colette, like, wasn't she searching for her dad or was that, I'm trying to remember. Um, was, was Colette looking for her dad in Fallout 4? I'm trying to remember. Very small side thing, I know, but, I don't know. Um, but anyway, a lot of crying, but, <laughs> but but added to the physicality, you know, so not having that physical body represented so it didn't help clue the yeah. um, audience in, but I yes. felt like having that high mm -hmm. emotion behind it really kind of helped me find these characters. Microphone hears those things. It hears yeah. the physicality. It hears the emotion. Uh, when you are, when you're in that moment, if you don't feel it, the microphone will hear that as well. Yeah. Yeah. The old classic direction, put a little smile into it. You smile and sure mm -hmm. enough, the tone changes. It's, it's totally recognizable to anybody. You know, Tom, I, for me, voiceover is as physical as any other kind of performing, any kind of yeah. other kind of acting. You, yeah. just, they, you don't have to worry about them seeing what you're doing. So in that sense, you can kind of put all your focus and concentration in terms of the result on your voice, but I'm just as, I mean, you're limited in that you can't be hit bumping up against things. You can't be doing loud things, but right. that aside, I'm as physical as I am, you know, if people can see yeah. me on camera yeah. on stage. Well. When it comes to voiceover, emotions are essential. Pants That's are optional. Acting, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I, I totally get it. I, I totally get the whole, like, I've done a little bit of acting. I'm not nearly on the experience level you guys are, but I, I get the whole, like, right. If you're saying something, you meet it. Like I'm talking right now with my hands, you know, like if I mm -hmm. mean something, my body's going to respond, you know, but the end result is they can't see the body part. All they get is what gets funneled into this microphone. Funneled is right. That's kind of how it feels like for me. Like you got all this other stuff going on, the psychological things that you're doing, the physical things you might be doing. Like uh, one time, you know, I had a wound or something. I thought without even realizing that I literally had my hand on my abdomen, you know, I kind of just went there. But it gets funneled. You're right. That's that's all that they pick up. But yeah, all the other stuff you do certainly certainly pours into that funnel. Yeah, yeah. I also think that the technical part is so challenging, but it's so interesting. You know, to to memorize where you put that voice so that you can recall it again the next day if you have to, or that you know your pitch and tone and everything doesn't change as you're going through your four or five hours. So I, I really I like the the technique and the skill of of, of voicing for anime because it's um, it really forces you to pay attention to where you're creating that sound. Mm. That's a really cool insight. I'm sure that's something a lot of people on this side of things just experiencing the end product don't think about is the the manufacturing of it, not just emotionally, but physically and having to be able to do the same voice the next day when you come back for second takes. Yeah. It's and I would uh, like the first day. It's a really, it's, it's an four, interesting, six, four, four, later. it's an interesting yeah. process too. Um, I've taken Wes's class a few times, which is great, everybody. Um, but that's one of the first things that he talks about is getting you to really play with, with where you're, your voice is coming from find your range yeah. yeah and then your really instrument and experiment with it to figure out is it nasally is it is it deep down in your chest where is it where's it coming from and then try and stick with it 
Yeah, I mean, the entire body is your is your instrument when it comes to voiceover. I mean, it's not just you know speaking; it's everything within this uh, cavity here, within your throat, your chest. It's in your body, your movement, your attitude. The entire you has to come into uh, the equation, or it's just somebody sitting there talking to themselves. Someone who's just sitting quietly trying to imitate an emotion while holding perfectly still and stiff is never going to come across as powerful or as real as somebody who is completely 100% in that moment and living it. Yeah, John, I think you were going to say something earlier there too. Yeah, one of the I remember one of the first physical cues I got from the director was to like grab my belt buckle and like really sort of mask like that vulnerability um, that Preston was going through because I had to stand up for everyone else mm-hmm. who was behind me. And we were record, I remember we were recording like blocks. We would record for like one week and then I wouldn't come back to the studio for like three months, but I would always go back to like grabbing that belt buckle and it would drop mm-hmm. me right back in to where yeah. I needed to be for the next yeah. session. Preston is interesting because he's such, uh, he's been through so much by the time you even meet him. He has so much tragedy and so much loss with the group that he's been working with and the people that he's lost, that that's the character you meet. And yet there's, there's still more to the story, right? Like, how do you, how do you, how do you summon that? Like this character has been lived in feeling this, like this, like, cause you're right in his voice. There's a certain lamenting of the things that have happened and the things he hasn't been able to control. Can you talk on that maybe a little bit? I mean, I think again, Kal-El was like really great in terms of just contextualizing where Preston was coming from and what he had been through. And so I think for me, carrying that weight um, was, again, was just something to like drop into sort of naturally and, and uh, bring that forth in this sense of hope, right? Like, okay, we've been through this, but like we can still mm-hmm. move forward and we can still rebuild. I think it was, for me, it was that sense of just, yes, that happened, but um, we still got to move forward. I think that was uh, yeah. I think it's very interesting watching your character and how it develops with the the player, because when you first meet you, uh, you become one of the first authority figures that helps guide you through everything. But by the end, you are almost you've you've stopped being Batman. You're almost Robin to them. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, he's also one of the characters that, um, regardless of all the terribleness that he's gone through, still brings hope to the situation right mm-hmm. like there's there, there's that feeling and and some of the other characters do too that that's one of the themes is like hope in a terrible situation you know somebody like you know hancock who has been in the gutter and yet comes back out as something different in order to make a difference um like this this happens time and time again in the stories and i i think it's one of the things that just makes um these roles so powerful is both sides of that the tragedy and the hope do you guys, I feel like that. I feel yeah. like that year when it came out, there was just so much like shifting in the world, and so many people. I remember just people really reaching out and being like, "Oh my god, your character like instilled me or infused me with so much hope in this time where That's like awesome. I like so many people were just going through so many things, and I was kind of like, oh shit, like I didn't realize that it would have that impact." Um, mm-hmm. But it it really was just like a sense of like, you know what? There is a path. There is light. Um, no matter what you're, else is 
around you. Yeah. Your character just radiated this uh, nobility, this 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 honesty. Uh, even with a mascot head and a slinky dress on, it still came through. <laughs> so, can I ask a question for everybody? That's, that's on the um, inside. <laughs> uh, uh, Jen, you said something about leaving some part of yourself there. Does anyone else have this happen to them? When I've worked on something that's well written, that I'm uh, I'm I'm proud of. If I'm away from it for a while, uh, and watch the game or whatever it is, uh, uh, animated whatever, and I watch and I know that my character is there. I know that I was there. I know I recorded it. I know that's my voice, but it's no longer mine. Yeah. 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 It, it doesn't belong to me. And I can hear it and say, I know I was there. I know I recorded it, but it doesn't sound like me. Even though it could be just the way I'm talking right now. But if that if the writing is 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 well done and uh um the animation or the graphics are 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 well well done. It's no longer mine. It's no longer me. It belongs there. It's ingrained into the story. It becomes a part of the whole. And that's, I love when that happens. Yeah. Do you all, um, revisiting your characters now to Paul's point, does it, is it almost surreal? Because particularly we, we constantly are changing. Um, and even as performers, you know, you go on to do other things, other characters, um, is it almost like like meeting a different part of you, a piece that maybe you left behind, a different time in your life um, that maybe was a little bit a part of the character? Uh, like, Jen, you were talking about that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like every time if I happen to hear, because we don't always get to hear stuff we do, you know? Um, so when you do get to hear it, it does feel removed and to what what Paul was saying and then also it does feel like that was me if if I do see it as that I was like oh yeah I did that then that was then like so yeah it's kind of it's kind of chunked together I don't like the word chunk though <laughs> like a pineapple chunk <laughs> you know, a pineapple chunk can also be moist Jan yeah that's moist, moist bother me pineapple chunk, chunk. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just happened to look at chat, and so many people are talking about how, how these games and the experiences that people have in them um, become distractions from some dark places in their life, um, where they can escape and get away and bond with these characters. And so many people who are, are here are talking about that, um, how much these games really mean to them and, and the characters that you all brought to life. Have you, do you guys have stories of uh, meeting fans at cons or, you know, a, a oh, favorite, yeah. favorite memory of somebody coming up and saying, thank you so much for this character. It really hit me. I, can you, you know, feel free yeah, to share. Absolutely. Yeah. Peter, do you have like uh, a specific just, memory? I didn't mean to go first. Sorry. Um, go for it. Yeah. I, I've have received a couple of different uh, emails from people and, uh dms on various social media i don't really do conventions so i don't get to see the fans in person very much but um but the 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 basic storyline of most of them is is 
I was, I was going through this terrible time. Uh, you know, I ended up playing Fallout 4. Paladin Dance was my companion. And honestly, the, the, the character of Paladin Dance has got such a tremendous emotional intelligence, the way they wrote it. Uh, here's this, you know, big buff dude in the giant power armor who's super sensitive. Yeah. And yeah. very understanding. Very caring. And who, yeah. And very He's empathetic. Caring. Yeah. And who wouldn't want to hang out with him? And, I, you know, just the fact that that character, which, you know, obviously someone else wrote, um, I just added the voice to, and I know, I know there's more to it than that, but, um, you know, that's somebody else's words, but they got them through that. But I'm glad that I could be a, a part of that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that got Confident. them through that tough time. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, uh, you got uh, Trash King NYX sent a message out in the chat room directly to uh, directly to Danny. Did uh, you see that there, Ken? It did. Oh. Very much so. Fallout Four came out during a time when I was struggling in the gutter myself. Such a rough time. Some of the worst in my life. And Hancock's journey hit me hard. Y'all put so much into every one of y'all's roles, and it shows. So thank you all so much. Danny, do you get do you get other people saying things like that to you. I know Hancock is a fan favorite too. He's a popular ghoul. Yeah. Um, he has such swagger yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. He does have swagger. Yeah. No doubt. Um, yeah. I mean, he, when he, you know, he's this kind of like lovable rogue sort of cocky bastard, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, charming. Hey, come here. Come stick a knife in you. <laughs> And then, of course, you, you start to romance him and you get the soft little tender side underneath the uh, armor, metaphorical armor. The, the ghoul skin um, underneath the rough, dry ghoul skin. Underneath the get, beef jerky. You get that, the sweet yellow pineapple meat. I was waiting. I was waiting. Thank you. <laughs> underneath he the like wire and the prickly husk. <laughs> Where? Yes. Um, Somebody's going to put yeah, that on I a mean, T-shirt. Inevitably... Um, I don't know. He's charismatic. You know, he's got that, that swagger, like you said, but then when you get into the romance level, which I really didn't see coming, like when, when the sessions went there later in the gig, mm-hmm. I was like, what this guy, <laughs> I mean, I, I hadn't really seen him at that point. I think I'd only seen, I don't even know if I had seen concept art and the concept art, he looked different. Um, I don't remember if I would even, even seen that, but I did not have that mental picture. This guy to me was just like, you know, I don't know. He was the lovable rogue and watch out. He might stick a knife in your guts. But then suddenly I'm like, what's with all the lovey dovey business? Um, Really? I I was genuinely surprised. But I mean, you put all those things together. I think that's a very alluring package. And sure enough, there will be some people, I guess, who are more into kind of the external side of it and some who are really more into the kind of emotional sensitivity and vulnerability. And he does transform himself into something else. And he does it uh through self-loathing but it becomes he becomes a better version of himself in that way and you know the fact that he is so like hey you like how i look you like this mug like he really this this he, he's very sensitive but he also doesn't give a fuck and that's an interesting combination i think it's it's bound to lure different people for different reasons from different directions mazoga the dork uh, i think summed it up best hancock understands that being the good guy sometimes means doing the dirty work and offing bad guys. <laughs> but he's it's, chaotic good. And I can, I can personally relate to that. 
Um, <laughs> you know, I'm serious. Yeah. Like it's one of the probably reasons why the care, why I, you know, the character works for me, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of, he definitely, you know, he's, that's it. I mean, I said it, I guess if you don't know what chaotic good means, he is destined to do, I mean, he is committed to do good, but he's not going to necessarily do it in the conventional boring sort of way. That's not his style. Not about following the rules. He makes his own rules. Fuck the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's interesting when you talk about him and he and all this, and the thing is, when we're doing these characters, we get so involved with them and they become a part of us. But once they're born and they're out there, it, it is almost like children. They lead their own lives. Yeah. They become a separate entity from us. Yeah. You give them life and they run off and you go, goodbye. <laughs> have fun in college. Yeah. Stephen, uh, Nene Chan uh, said, Stephen, your characters have been there at the lowest points of my life and they really influenced my current VTuber persona. Um, so many people right now are sharing just they remember times of their life and how much these characters we went to a very emotional place here yeah why so serious yeah all right let's 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 lighten things up for a second let's let's bring back the nonsense (laughs) so let's so so pre-fallout uh pre-bethesda um how did you all get started in in acting and voice acting you know what chris let's Let's start with oh one second. Uh, thank you. I think that's is it left, left hand let, shake. Left hand shake. Thank you very much for that ten dollar donation. Thank um, you. Yeah, and Chris, let's let's start with you. How did you get started in acting and voice acting? I um I came to DC um looking to do acting work. There's a great stage um community there. I got pulled into audiobooks and I actually worked on some really early um bethesda games as i was just trying to put together you know an actor's life in washington dc with all these you know with industrials and stage work and voiceover uh but one of my first uh my first voiceover teacher uh was elizabeth noon <laughs> ah no way that's what oh, wow. yeah that's look at this up. little oh, we're gonna get to jen's story later because that's a fantastic one you know uh was the first uh, launching point and wow that was what i needed to to go on and build from there i knew you were gonna do it i knew it from the <laughs> very beginning and don't forget uh chris right now is appearing in we own the city on hbo so oh, we own the awesome. city. yeah cool little david simon legacy also the wire also homicide oh, shit. Wow. yeah I'm very old <laughs> <laughs> yeah but in, in, independent of your voice acting you've you've done quite a bit um tell people a little bit about some of the things that you've, you've done in other shows uh well my i think my favorite uh credit is got to be the netflix show um living with yourself with Paul Rudd, where Paul Rudd plays himself. And it's a little bit of a spoiler for the first episode, but he plays a clone of himself. Great, uh, great, great show, by the way. It's an awesome Perfect. premise. And um, I guess this is really a spoiler, but I get to pee on Paul Rudd. Uh, <laughs> and it's not only a spoiler, it's it's a bucket list item for many people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah, uh, by the way, oh, two words about that show. Tom Brady will say nothing more. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, things like things like Veep, uh, which we were so lucky to have come through our market, uh, to come through Baltimore, um, to be able to work with people like Julia Louis Dreyfus that a lot of us in this in this market have have gotten to do. Who's from the area initially? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. 
What the hell am I doing in LA? <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what about you, Jan? And I'm I'm hopping over to you because you too have a connection with Elizabeth. Um. Well, we we um have a history of heavy petting. Um, <laughs> you weren't going to mention that. I know we go to shelters and just meet new cats. Like, Roll clip. <laughs> um, no, but so I used to work as a receptionist at a recording studio while also, as, as Chris so adequately put together, eloquently, sorry, um, putting together the actor's life, you know, adequate before, <laughs> so, no. <laughs> but you know, um, I thought, okay, well I can day job it here and I could do shows at night and, you know, rehearsal, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Elizabeth would come in and just breeze into this office as with just such wonderful kindness and warmth and also just nailing every job. And, you know, every once in a while we get to cast and I'm just like, Liz, 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 you know, <laughs> I listen to Liz. Um, and then she kindly, you know, cause I mentioned I, that was part of the reason why I was working at the office was like, you know, to learn. Um, and she offered classes and I got to take some classes with her and also was quite um, an encouragement for off and on for many years for me. So, um, she's, 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 she's a good egg, as they say, a good egg. Good egg. One of the best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A good egg. <laughs> yeah, this, well, this... You don't you know these expressions, isn't that, that's really a wonderful expression, isn't it? You know, it's not good egg. It's kind of like, you know, <laughs> most of the good, good eggs egg. I know are also a little cracked. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why it's so appropriate. Wes. <laughs> yes. We all know that part. <laughs> but it really is wonderful to give people a dream. And, you know, for anybody that's listening, that is looking into voice work, um, improv, we talked about the importance of improv, mm -hmm. Wes. It yeah. just, it, it, because it teaches you to think on your feet. Absolutely. You know? And I look at all the, everybody's, you know, shaking their heads because they all know that that's it. And then um, to just be really brave and try it and, Record yourself and and talk to somebody and and you know Jan just told me she said you know I'd really like to get into voice acting and I was like with a voice like that uh -oh. mm -hmm. let's let's do something with it you know what's really cool about this room about you Liz about uh, Jan about everybody who's in here is you've got these people who are so incredibly talented but also really good people good hearts nice folks and you don't always find that combination of talent and and good human being and uh what an honor to be here with everybody and and just uh to to have worked with you guys we haven't been in the same booths together but to be able to share a game with you is just i can't explain how cool that is it, it yeah i've really enjoyed being with all of you yeah, very much Juve, uh thank you for the twenty dollar donations no response thank you for the fifty dollar donation and three nil thank yeah. you for the twenty dollar donation thank you thank you all that's wonderful liz how did uh how did you get started in in acting and voice acting well you know as a kid i was always acting um you know i come from a very large family so i would um i used to dance on the on the dining room or on the card table in the pink room it was called pink room my mother's piano room that career could have gone a very different way yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh and, and that's why you know i used to dance on the no um and i would do all the star trek characters 
That's oh, how awesome. I yeah. I would be every single I was every single character on Star Trek. And then um, it just kind of mushroomed in. I'd studied, um, you know, through college. I didn't major in it or anything in grad school. But um, I ended up going to New York where I got my feet wet, really, you know, stumbled through it. But but um, it was a great experience. I learned a lot and I was one of the lucky ones. I just, you know, I worked. Working is its own reward, is it not? It's just it's just amazing. But I took improv and I studied. I studied with Kim Stanley. I, you know, I, I had Lee Strasberg, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, Uta Hagen. You know, I studied with all of those people. So you really study with character work. Mm-hmm. And then it was learning how to take it from here to take it and make it come out here in front of a microphone. Yeah. The whole other skill. Isn't it amazing how improv work can make those dreams where you're in your underwear on stage and don't know your lines go away? <laughs> yes. 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 It's so funny. Just make, make up the lines and pretend you're in O Calcutta. Just keep going. <laughs> Something is happening with my screen. I can't, I don't know why everybody's kind of fading in and out. Is that no, happening? That's, that's actually happening. <laughs> It's the hour. <laughs> it's that damn pineapple. No, rea- reality is kind of shimmering right now. It, it might poof out of existence any moment. Yeah, yeah that's Wes's fault. Liz, there's yeah, like a I'll there's like a blood. kaleidoscopic <laughs> vortex going on behind you. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I wonder if I the no idea what ghost that is. in the room with you. There's Cover up the light behind you. Maybe the guys. Are, are, do you have any acid flashback stories you want to tell yeah. us, Liz? Or? You know, it's Liz, really is, Liz is coming to us live from the 60s. <laughs> Wes, what about... Uh, oh, I the hell that is. Yeah, Wes, you've got a really interesting background. Um, hey, I was acquitted. <laughs> <laughs> tell, us, uh, tell us a little bit about George Robert Allen and uh, Wolfman uh. Jack days. Well, my George Robert Allen was my teacher back in high school. Uh, we, we put a scholarship together in his name at my local high school. We've been doing it for 18 years, the Growlin Award. He was a wonderful guy. He was about as tall as uh, Conan O'Brien had. Conan O'Brien's hair moved like Tommy Toon. Was just a fantastic soul who helped uh, and a mentor to all of us. Uh, got a ch- I've had so many wonderful little lives along the way. Worked at WHFS for years, a, a legendary uh, East Coast uh, alternative station. Worked with Wolfman Jack on live program for two years. Did uh, the Dr. Demento show. And I've had a, a wonderful chance to work on many films and TV shows in the uh, DC area. And for the past 22 seasons, I've been 22 years, I've been the uh, uh, arena announcer for the Washington Capitals. And I got a really cool... Uh, Stanley Cup championship ring. This one is, uh, there we go. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Best ring a dude ever gave me. Thank you, Uncle Ted. This was lovely. <laughs> Wait, do uh, they let you play? What? Uh, no, I just talk about them playing and then I get a nice ring out of it. So it, it worked out pretty well. I, I've announced uh, uh, almost every one of Alex Ovechkin's home goals wow. since uh, he came into the league. And that means that I've announced a lot of them over the years. So, uh, he's he's now banging down the door to try to get Gretzky's record, and it's uh, it's been kind of fun. Yeah. What the hell is icing? 
Icing is when the puck <laughs> goes across two lines, two lines. <laughs> and doesn't stop, and uh, they call it back and bring it to the other end. It's bad. It's Icing also bad. something on cake that's delicious. So it's good. I'm, just glad, I'm glad it's we bad. That. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad yeah. in hockey, good in cake. Exactly right. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Got it. I still don't know what the hell it is, but thank you. Yeah, especially a pineapple upside down cake. Mm. Yeah, pineapple also Ooh. bad in hockey, good in cake. Whatever. Yeah. Pineapple is good in anything. I cl- I'll clear this up. I do love pineapple on pizza. I'm one of those guys. So it's a love or hate that. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a yeah, binary thing. Yeah. I think Liz has fully transitioned. Yeah, Liz, what is going on with her camera? Liz, like Liz has is now. Liz is now on. Trying to get rid of those Liz, stars. Liz is on the. She's on the astral plane. We need to do an exorcism on, on her Zoom environment. They're here. This, for a second. This Zoom is clear. <laughs> All are welcome. Oh, you're in a you're in a kaleidoscope. I'm I'm in That's a cloud exactly. and half my life anyway, so I might as well take it to the Zoom. I think it's trippy and wonderful. <laughs> Paula, yeah, it just feels really good too. Paul, what about uh, what about your background, Paul? Tell us a little bit about how you got into acting. Um, well, I, I started out at improv. Yeah, I worked at a place called the Brave New Workshop, uh, Dudley Riggs, Brave cool. New Workshop in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'd done theater. Uh, I was a music major, and started playing with guys that were really too good for me, and uh, said. I should be an actor instead. Uh, <laughs> uh, and moved to Minneapolis, started doing uh, improv. And we we were the resident satirist for All Things Considered. Um, oh, nice. In, Love that show. Back in the 70s. Every Friday, we would bring, uh, we'd, we'd do a piece. Uh, we would write the piece and then we would uh, record them. So that was basically the first time I started doing things um that we're going to be on the radio voice you're like the committee for npr that's basically we we did the committee you know, it was like in the uh steps the the something capital steps did it mm-hmm. after us anyway so we did that for a couple of years and then i started doing a lot of musicals but uh i did some did voiceover in minneapolis moved to la to be a nobody again <laughs> got signed, <You're> difficult. <laughs> got signed uh, by an agent uh, who handled me uh, commercially, but not voiceover because they had Ernie Anderson. They had everybody they needed uh, until one day, one of the, the voiceover agent, Rita Vinoy, went by and heard my voice on uh, a character I was doing. Uh, they were watching my reel. And she said, I want to bring the guy in. So she brought me in and I booked the first thing she brought me in for. It was a, the voice of a Lindsay Olive, um, kind of a nerdy nice. little olive. We went to San Francisco. As they I, are. Yeah, uh, they all are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I booked that and then she started sending me out and I ended up starting doing uh, um, animation. You know, the, uh, the Transformers was, was the first yes. thing that was really well-known uh, a lot of Hanna-Barbera stuff I I, so cool. I did a play uh, called Cloud Nine it was the West Coast premiere of Cloud Nine 
Carol Churchill. Uh, yeah, great yeah. play. Great play. And I played an African manservant, no makeup intentionally, played uh, a Cockney soldier, and I played a five-year-old girl. Uh, <laughs> that's quite the range. That's quite the portfolio range. there. That's wow. Good. That's exactly what Gordon Hunt, <laughs> who was then the ca- director and casting director at Hanna-Barbera, said. So he brought me in and had me do a general audition, do 10 different types of characters. Everything from the dumb guy to, you know, wizards and everything else. And uh, he liked what he heard. And I started um, started booking. Mm. And I've had them fooled ever since. <laughs> Did you, uh, I have to ask, because uh, I, I'm, 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 uh, I remember seeing the Transformers movie. Um, when my dad took me to see it, did I you remember this too? I, I, and I loved it. It was amazing. As a kid, just, yeah. In the theater. Yeah. yeah. It was a huge movie at the time. And, uh, I mean, Optimus Prime dies, spoiler. Um, so of course, what? like the entire theater of kids are crying, but, uh, did you, I think that was Orson Welles last role that he ever did. Did yeah, you we killed Orson Welles? Oh God. <laughs> um, well, here, yes, Unicron. I, I did an, uh, a con Rose in Spike. San Antonio, and the volunteers were all military guys. And this guy was probably 37, 38 years old. He came up to me and he said, um, you know, we talked about the Transformers movie. He said, you know, you made me cry when I was, I think I was eight or nine. Yeah. And I said the line and I said, oh, I said, when I said, I feel the wounds are fatal. And I swear to God, the guy teared up. It took him right back to his eight-year-old self. Oh. That movie was said, super yeah. traumatizing said, to kids. Oh, my yeah, God. Exactly. Yeah. Because that has never happened in it. Killed in, Optimus right. Prime. Right. Right. No, I, yeah. can totally, I can totally speak from being a child. Like, Ken and I are almost the same age. And yeah. I remember being a kid in the 80s uh, we were and like, watching those cartoons. And everything always turns out okay in the end. And then you go to the theater. And then, like, right at the beginning of the movie, like, this yeah. very tragic thing happens. And I was just like, my world was shaken. Yeah, did, I'm that guy. But did uh, <laughs> did you meet Orson Welles during that? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Uh, we everyone we all everyone else worked together. We it was great in the days when we had eight or nine guys in studio. Uh, that was heaven. Uh, the, the spontaneity that happens, also the laughter that happens. So that was wonderful. But uh, with with uh, Mr. Wells, uh, everyone had to clear out. And they had a, they had a, uh, a driver, uh, a limo for him. And I was there. I, I don't know if it was the first day or second day he was there. We were leaving and we, we, everybody wanted to catch a glimpse of Orson Welles. And his uh, limo drives up. The limo driver gets out, opens the trunk and pulls out a wheelchair. Puts the wheelchair out on the side closes the trunk and drives away. And then Orson Welles' car, his driver comes up. He had oh, a no. limo for his wheelchair? He had a limo for his wheelchair. Wow. And he came in another vehicle. Um, yeah, but everybody had to, had to be gone when he, when he got there. Yeah, uh, the, 
The wow. man was so extra. If if anyone in chat has not seen, if you if you if you take a look at the YouTube video where he's doing the wine commercial, it is one of the funniest things you will ever see. We'll sell no wine before it's time. <laughs> All right, it's time. He was so extra. You've heard the outtakes, right? Where he's yes. berating the poor guy. Um, Frozen peas. Yes. Uh, was it in Norway? Now, how do you start a sentence with in Norway and, and stress it? it makes, and he, he just berates this poor guy. I, oh. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, direct any living actor in Shakespeare. He actually, I believe he said, if you can tell me how to begin a sentence with the word in, I'll go down on you. Yeah. <laughs> begin, a, begin a sentence with in and, and stress it. I'll go down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was one of a kind. He was, oh, yeah, yeah. And on that awkward, on that awkward segue, uh, Stephen Russell, <laughs> how uh, <laughs> how did you uh, get started in acting? Uh, I had a friend who was a writer and director, and and he had known me from. Uh, I was playing in a band at the time, and and uh, he was doing a community theater production of A Christmas Carol. And he asked me to be in it, and I said, "No, I don't want to do that." <laughs> but he was—he was pretty insistent, so I—I uh, I went along, and and it was like falling off a wagon. I had done theater in high school, but hadn't done any for about fifteen, seventeen years, something like that, and and uh, and then at that point, I just decided to start pushing a little bit. Okay, so I've done this. What happens if I go a little further afield and try to do something in this market and, and, uh, and eventually kind of found a niche doing voice work in the Boston market. And uh, which which led me to games. Now, that's a that's the, the short version of that story. Did you ever do a Christmas Carol? Yeah. I've done a Christmas Carol a couple of times, and now that I'm ancient myself, I'd, I'd love to play Scrooge sometime. <laughs> um, but nobody's asked me yet. So uh, Ken had me do it last year, so who knows? Maybe this year they're looking for a new Scrooge. We did it in the wasteland uh, for uh, Fallout for Hope, and it was uh, it was fun. Although I was. That was the first time I'd ever had a chance to play Scrooge. And you were and, magnificent. Yeah, well, yeah, we my got favorite so much quote feedback. somebody said later was, everybody else, let's have fun and do a Christmas carol. Wes Johnson, serious as death. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was goofy in a, a fallout version of a Christmas carol. And Wes was the consummate Scrooge. It was perfect. Sure. It was fun. It was fun. And, and it's, it's, it's like, I think for actors, that may be one of the classic roles we all would love to play. I mean, what, what yeah. role would you guys love to play if you had your choice of playing any given role that's out there? I want to play Ma and to kill a mockingbird so badly. Mm. Oh, good character. I would just love that role. Would you kill a mockingbird for that role? Yes. What a... <laughs> That's okay. a before we go to Peter, actually, that's a great question for anyone. If you could if you could play any dream role that in <clears throat> TV, film, video games, stage, what would it be? Everybody's the gears are turning. Everyone's yeah. gears. Well, for don't say don't say a pineapple, Danny. No. No, no, just anyone. <laughs> yeah. I'm over that shit. 
<laughs> that was the first hour. And he's like, that's so that's so last hour ago. I'm on the bananas now. <laughs> Anyone anyone can think of? Well, I've I've done a couple. I've I've done one that I was my favorite, and that was uh, playing Tevya for ten months, uh. eight shows a week. So that was, and now I'm too old to do it, and I don't want to play Laser Wolf. Um, <laughs> but now I'm at the age where I could do. I would love to do uh, uh, Grandpa in um, You Can't Take It With You. Oh, yeah, what a wonderful yeah. show. Love that play. Yeah. Well, Peter, what, uh, Peter, how did you get started in, in acting? Yeah, it would take way too long. Uh, so <laughs> okay, John. Give the, I'll give you the shorter version of how I got into voiceover. Yeah. Um, I'd been acting for many years, uh, doing stand-up and that kind of stuff, and had gone to college, majored in acting, um, and came out to Los Angeles to do uh, a sitcom. And was riding my bicycle home from the grocery store. I'd been here about a month. Just gotten married. Everything was great. And I got hit by a car. Oh. Uh, hit the pavement, tore the right side of my face off. Oh. oh. And uh, couldn't do the show. Oh, man. And couldn't do the movie that I was about to do. And uh, was like, wow, I... I just picked up all my belongings, got married, moved out to Los Angeles, and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I had done voiceover wow. uh, in Chicago, which is where I'm from. Uh, and I thought, well, I guess I'm going to double down on voiceover because nobody cares if I've got a huge, and it's, you know, 30 years ago, obviously, but uh, big old scars on my face at that point. And uh, so started really focusing on voiceover working day jobs and uh you know finally it started to click and that's how i got into voiceover into games uh i was in one of the earliest uh video games that used voices we did uh it was a game called mech warrior oh yeah yeah um and, that was a uh, huge game back in the day. I remember that. Yeah, and I did the Ghost Bear Legacy expansion pack, and and with a couple of characters in that. And there was no, you know, contract. There was no union, anything. So, uh, and just you know, kept kept working away at it and getting interesting roles and made a living. That's it. There you go. The rest, the rest is history, huh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and now you can get back out there and start making those films because you're a good-looking man. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> hey, Ken, um, I know Elizabeth needs to head out in a, in a few minutes. Is there anything else you wanted to ask her before she has to go? No, what uh, What about what you're working on? Uh, before, this is the last question I'm going to ask everybody anyways, Liz. What, uh, what are some of the things that you're working on now um, I that you can say? A big series of um, television spots um for a, a client that um i was thrilled to get because it was just it was really nice awesome. and then um i'm working on an independent film um and i really want this i really want this to go really well i, I love little indie films i really mm -hmm. do the roles are really fun they're they're good to do um and i play a, a jewish um gal from um very hard-edged jewish gal from from uh, brooklyn so i'm i really i'm having a lot of fun with it 
those New Yorkers coming back to pay off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They sure yeah. are. You know, I get awesome. to say things like, "Listen, you lousy son of a bitch." Actually, that'll come in handy for anything. Spam calls, yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Don't call me a cheap son of a bitch. <laughs> Just because I take you to Cass's for lunch. You know, things like that. It's not fun. so cheap. Thank you so much for the donation, uh, Matt W65. Thank you for that right. $20 donation. And uh, Liz, so you can uh, so we can let you go. Where, where can people follow you? Where can people find you? Um... I God, I don't do anything in social media. I do have a Twitter, don't yeah. I, Chris? Yeah, you do. Chris, I have a Twitter. Yeah, I have a Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's more for my writing. I'm writing children's stories. Um, oh, that's awesome. I'm third book that we're putting together. I have a, um, a, a writer manager in LA, and I'll be going out there and working on it. The editing. Good on you. So I'm really happy about that. And then I just do everything through my website. Which is www.elizabethnoon.com. And Elizabeth is spelled with an S, unfortunately. And my last name, you have to watch when you when you type it in because it goes N-O-O-N-E. So <laughs> it comes out as no one. Yeah. Siri has bedeviled me when I've been trying to write to you for the past several days. It's just horrible. I should change my name, you know, <laughs> but not at this day, you know? Yeah. It's, it's always Elizabeth. No one. Yeah. Well, every time I type in my last name, an eggplant pops up. I don't get it. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't that. How come I laughed and I oh, didn't no. <laughs> Who wants to try explaining this? Uh, nah, keep it pure. Okay. <laughs> just eat pineapple. Oh, pineapple. Yeah, pineapple. Next time. I'm just going to picture a pineapple. That's yeah, all. Banana. This has been so wonderful. Thank you. Guys. Thank you but so I much wanted, for your time. I, I still want to hear how John and Danny got into business. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so John, yes. How did you get started? Yeah. Um, Christmas Carol. Yeah, that was like one of the first shows I did. I got my Actors Equity card um, at the end of my training program at a conservatory up in San Francisco. So, um, yeah, I was up there and training in theater, doing improv, movement, voice, just the whole gamut. Um, moved to L.A. and came down here and was continuing to do theater. Um, and actually, it's a funny story how I got into involved with Fallout. Um, I actually initially was doing the mocap for the demo of the game. So oh. I was like on a... Um, it's on a sound stage and we were just recording like that opening scene of man i don't know who you are but your timing's impeccable yeah they and call producers they call oh, it the vertical it's called the vertical slice i didn't know that until the dev told me oh. but they take like a okay. section of the game to to showcase yeah so i did that and i, I mean it was the first time i had done mo mo motion capture uh, voiceover anything like that but i was like i was just having a good time having fun and um, like a couple months later, my agents called me and they were like, the producers love you. They want to make you the character in the game. Oh, and nice. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> you had no idea what that was going to be. At all, whatsoever. Um, so whenever they would call me in, I would just head to the studio and like, all right, here we go. <laughs> um, but it was, I mean, again, it was, I think it was one of the most fun projects I've done to date. And uh, I'll always, I'll always remember, remember that experience. 
How do you look in a mocap suit, John? Is it I mean? Is it like oh, yeah. fabulous? I look fabulous. Excellent. Excellent. I bet very you. sleek. Very <laughs> svelte. <laughs> uh, Digital Ducky in chat says the animation for that scene is just some of the most choice. Danny, what about you? Uh, elementary school, I played uh, Orson Welles in a uh, <laughs> like an all-child musical of Citizen Kane. <laughs> I mean, I played Orson Welles playing Charles Foster Kane. Wow, what that elementary was my first, school did you go to? And I was five, and I was it really expanded me as a no um yeah musical theater you know as a as a kid in middle school and high school um you know i've uh let's see when did i start doing it in earnest i think i started making my own films after college live action but also animation and i would do voice type stuff for those and we were doing the sound mix at a studio one time and this guy was like yeah you need to you need to start doing this professionally so then i Got a demo and foundation. Actually, this was up in San Francisco too, John. Um, I'm from the Bay Area originally. And uh, here we go. I mean, I think the first big game I did was actually a music game, not a not an acting game. It was Guitar Hero. Mm-hmm. I did a bunch of uh, singing for that game. Oh, All right. Uh, oh, and wow. a bunch of other music-themed games that were done by a really excellent studio up in the Bay Area, up in Fremont. Well, you're a legit ma- musician. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You got a band you, in if it? you say so. <laughs> Tell us about your band, sir. Uh, Well, let's see. We're just like a rock and teenage combo. Everything's got a nice 4-4 beat, except for the stuff that's in 13-8. Yeah, I have a band called the Fuxedos. It's kind of my alter ego. Um, F-U-X-E-D-O-S, like tuxedos, but with an F, so it makes a fuck sound. Um, If you want to find me on social media, if you put that... (laughs) Thank you. I'm here all day. (laughs) <laughs> At least um, if you put that into some social media, you will probably find me doing something. Find my link tree now. I like these link tree things because on link tree, one link like blossoms into however many links you got. Um, but yeah, F-U-X-E-D-O-S. You wouldn't believe how many people misspell it and in how many damn ways they misspell it. But I'm that doesn't really bother me at all like i've seen f-u-c-k new word c-i-t-o apostrophe s no that's how would you you're killing my dream Um, oh it froze him it's frozen oh oh Oh, you're back oh you're you're back back. you're back did i freeze for real you did yeah Yeah. wow It was just too much Whoa. for the internet. Should I you were as, all right, you were so, still as that banana on your wall for a second. Uh, so I was about five and I played Orson Welles playing <laughs> Charles Foster King <laughs> in an all elementary school musical version of Citizen Kane. Well, Liz's vortex has now infected us all. Now we're all stuck in this time loop. <laughs> Am I still frozen? No, no, no you're good. We are in. You're not kaleidoscoping anymore. You only, you only froze for a second. I think it might have been something. Coming in from from yeah. the window, the light or something, you know. Oh, it was way oh, trippy, Liz. It was way trippy. It was I pretty cool. It. It, was it was a nice effect. effect. Oh, I just nice wanted effect. to make it a really interesting time. You know, it, we're we're doing such a good cause. I thought we'd have a little sparkle in the back. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, just a little All bit right. of sparkle. Just put a little I sparkle in it. Huh? Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Liz. Everybody. Put in your pledge. Put in that money. We need it. Yeah, yeah, you cheapskates. 
Yeah. Sweet talk them. That's what we need. Thank you, Liz. Love you, Liz. <laughs> yeah. One uh so I, I have a question that will get you to think a little bit. So we'll we'll dim the lights here. What is oh and just got oh Eleonora, Eleonora, thank you so much for that hundred dollar donation. Wow, Eleonora, that, thank you. Well done. Wow. That is beautiful. Thank you, Ellie. Wonderful streamer. Fantastic, fantastic Fallout modder. Uh, really, really lovely person. Thank you, Ellie. Um, so what is your wildest acting or voice acting story the one that that you would you would tell in a bar setting uh that you can actually tell mm, oh wait a minute now you just put a limit on us <laughs> hmm. ears are moving again you keep dropping these big questions and they all have to think about it. Okay. I would think, I would think uh, being it was a Baltimore thing and it was a movie for me being in uh, John Waters, a dirty shame. And, uh, you know, getting in a John Waters movie to begin with was great. I, I was I was a much heavier guy then. I weighed 360 pounds and I played a biker by the name of Fat Fuck Frank. And uh, <laughs> Thelma Blair was my girlfriend in an NC-17 film like that'll ever happen again. And I got I was in a gang with Tracy Ullman and Johnny Knoxville and Chris Isaacs in there. So it was a great time on set. And it was a lot of fun. But Selma played a character by the name of Ursula Utters. And Ursula, <laughs> she's a dancer and she's famous. Well, she got the biggest tatas on Hartford Road. What well, is evidently this at this club, she's using these these prosthetic devices that probably gave me about a foot and a half restraining order away from the actual Selma uh, to whip me around the head, neck and shoulders with them during a scene. And they finished doing this scene. It's like getting hit with a couple of soccer boppers that have a nipple on the end of each one. And when it's over, the first AD shouts out and he goes, do we want to get a, uh, a safety on that? And John Waters goes, no, those things are too expensive to waste on Wes's head. <laughs> so, yeah. If anybody hasn't seen the pictures of you in this in this film and it the ridiculous nature amazing. of everybody else in the film, they need to go look this up. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, it was wonderful. I, I had a great time and it, it was a, believe it or not. Because it was about it was a movie about sex addicts and head injuries and all sorts of stuff. It seems like it was scandalous, but it was the most wholesome fun I've had on a set or in a, a theatrical thing since I was in my high school days in the drama department. It felt like that kind of camaraderie on the set, and it was uh, it was very cool and a lot of fun. What about uh, what about you, Peter? <laughs> Well, I'm not following that one. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the capstone story of crazy okay. stuff. Yeah. I'm sorry. I should have waited. I, I had a I John Waters in my back pocket there. <laughs> I know Jan was about to, to share something. Did you yeah. have something you wanted to share? Um, I just had two small examples, but uh, one was um, I was here. In, I'm in Maryland right now, um, and I had flown back my mom was very sick uh, this summer 2019 and i had flown back to la for just a, a four-hour record at blizzard so you know i flew in got there slept got up at like seven in the morning um had a 9 a.m session and um i well i got up earlier than that but i i managed to get into a car accident on the 405 
Um, oh. I know, but it, but you know, it's a four hundred five, so you're going like three miles an hour, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I get into the job and like you know, no one knows because like, the thing is, what are you going to say? I mean, I was on time and everything, so it didn't change anything for anybody. But you know, the fact that like I flew across the country, managed to get into a car accident, still went into for the job. You know, never told them about my stuff. You never tell them about your stuff, kid, because it's the job. You do the job. But um, the, so there was that, and there was another job where I had done a character in an animated feature where the the character's mouth is full of a starfish the whole show the whole movie um and the director who's a lovely man he brought snacks for me and i don't know if you've seen the amy schumer short have you guys seen that yeah yeah it's like amy amy we got your snacks when she's doing like there's there's a sketch she does where they bring her snacks for her voiceover record and she like she's like in this thing it's like a charlie's angels thing with all these hot cats and like you know um what's her megan fox is the voice of one and she's like oh my gosh they're calling me to be a hot cat so she shows up and she's like the fat cat <laughs> and they're like yeah i mean we got your snacks all she has to do is say worms right that's like the thing that she says but he brought all this food for me to have in my mouth. And I have all these food allergies, by the way. But of course, I didn't oh, no. to him, you know, because he's such a lovely guy and he's like bringing me snacks. Like, what do you say? Like, no, yeah, I'll take the snacks. Um, so I had like rice cakes and beef jerky and oh chocolate shards in my mouth at the same time. I had to wear a bib. <laughs> I had a trash can <laughs> under me what? the entire time. So I could spit out food and like put more in. Oh, what? God. And he t- there's a video somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it is on OnlyFans. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's a whole splashing forum dedicated <laughs> just to that. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. It's a I very particular kind Waters. of kink. It's yeah. So, yeah, I think that's probably my main story. That, did you gain any weight on that one or did you, you know? No, I, I did not consume any of the food. Um, but you just chewed I, it up and spit it out. Chew it up and spit it out. That was my 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 jam. It's really really cute for sure. Thank you, Susie Little Ghoul, for the twenty dollar donation. Thank you. Hey, Love you, you, Susie. Um, what about you, Chris? Uh, I think uh, it wasn't it wasn't the on the job that was the crazy part, but um, I did an industrial, so a training film uh, for the TSA. And um, in it, I was the guy taking the bomb through the, it was a training film for the people doing the, the screening. So yeah. how, to, how to watch the uh, X-ray machine and like not mess up and not miss things. So I'm like the guy doing that. And that's great, I cashed my check. And uh, you know, uh, uh, about a year later, and this was, this was after 9-11, but after the shoot, the, no, the, the water, they wouldn't let you have liquids on the plane. So you had to have all your liquids in the little bags. And I'm, I'm flying home. Um, there's this huge line. Everybody's there with all their bags and everything. Uh, I'm not going to make my flight. And the TSA guy's walking up the line, stops at me. He's like looking at me. <laughs> says, I know you from somewhere. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Are you in the training film about the thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. He's like, come here. And he walks me past the whole line. Nice. I make wow. wow. You know, there are people say there aren't a lot of, you know. Not a lot of perks, but that's a good one. But 
that was a big payoff. Very cool. That's fantastic. <laughs> Paul, what about uh, what about you? Oh God, uh, it's interesting because one story will generate something else to say. Well, I've got this story. Oh, there's something else. Um, I worked with Anna Nicole Smith, which was really uh, wow. Uh, yeah, uh, I won't go into that one. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> You're just gonna leave it there for us. Were you, were you deposed? Was, was she the <laughs> ultimate professional? Oh, she was horrible. I mean, she was as sweet as she could be, but she was completely stoned the entire shoot. Um, uh, uh, I can't wait for Paul Lighting's book. <laughs> it, it was a... Oh, okay, I'll go with that one. Uh, oh, no. It was a, <laughs> it was a real... It, it, uh, nothing happened except that she just didn't know what she was doing. Um, and she was, she was on drugs, uh, poor thing. And we had a scene where uh, we're on, it's, it was called Skyscraper. And she was supposedly a helicopter pilot. It was like a ripoff of Die Hard. And she I remember. was, yeah. oh God, you remember? Oh. It's usually on a two or three in the morning. Anyway, there's it's a scene where um, I'm uh, waiting for an elevator. Elevator doors open. She's inside the elevator in this beautiful jumpsuit that's cut down, zippers everywhere, and she pulls me onto the onto the um, uh, onto the elevator. I guess they're they're terrorists around. I don't, and of course, my character immediately assumes. She wants me. <laughs> it's one of those that was so stupid. As um, one does in the average elevator. Yeah, and she, she's much taller than me. And she had platforms on. So I came pretty much right up to her boobs. And, <laughs> and we're doing the scene. And the terrible thing was she was definitely afraid of being in the elevator. She didn't like the, the idea that the elevator doors were going to close. Because every time they closed there would be a little jerk, like we were moving and there were cables and she was sure we were going to die in there. She was just terrified. Um, so I get on, they kind of close the, the doors and I swear to God, I, I left there and I had bruise mics on, on my arms. Anyway, so all that stuff happens. We start the scene. We do her close-ups. We do a two shot, then her close-ups. Uh, um, and then we're doing my close-up and we're doing our lines. And then finally the, the director said, uh, told her, cause she kept stepping on my lines, said, we're, we're doing close-ups now. So you can't, you can't step on Paul's lines. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't say what he said. No, I know you didn't say what he said. You just don't talk when Paul's talking. She says, oh, okay. So I'm doing my lines. She doesn't say her lines at all. So I start ad-libbing because they keep rolling. So I'm ad-libbing. I'm talking about all those zippers. <laughs> Do they all open? <laughs> Do they what all would I open? find? What would I find if I opened all those zippers? <laughs> Still nothing. I said, whoa, you're tall, aren't you? I liked all, I'm going on and on and on. And then finally, in the corner of my eye, I noticed that there's 
some movement, some shaking. And I turn, finally, the director yells cut, and they're just cracking up. <laughs> and then the funny sure said, you know, Anna Nicole, why didn't why weren't you saying your lines? And you said, Why well, you said I couldn't talk while he was talking. <laughs> and we had to do it again. Anyway, um Did any of your lines make it in? Yeah, yeah. And then of course she gets off and I get uh I get blown away. You know, I, nice squibs all over the place, you know, blood coming out of the back of my head. So it was a quick scene with this beautiful woman, and then they kill me. Um, <laughs> What's the name of this film again? I'm going to write this down. Skyscraper. Yep, Skyscraper. You need to see it. And oh, I said God. at one point to the director, I said, you know, it would have been nice had they killed me before the scene. <laughs> it was an old friend of hers. <laughs> anyway. So that was the, the one that didn't have to do with voiceover. <laughs> Does anybody else want to share? We're, uh, we're running out of time here. Does anyone else have a story they'd love to share? Looks like looks like we might have used them all up. We used yeah, them. You, you can't really follow up, Nan and Nicole. Yeah, but we, um, we definitely want to give people time to kind of shout out any of their projects and ways that people can get a hold of you guys before we mm. wrap this up. So, um, and and also, Voice of Palooza, VoiceOfPalooza.com. Go check it out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and continue to donate all week long, guys. There's going to be all sorts of great events. If you enjoyed this today, we're going to be back again tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time with the uh, cast of Morrowind. We're going old, really old school with the Elder Scrolls. And then we're going to have a Whose Apocalypse Is It Anyway later in the evening where there's going to be some improv involved and Danny will be talking about pineapples. Uh, you'll want to check all this out. Sunday, Father's Day, are we having Portal, uh, Kenny? I hope so. We may have Portal, so I'll cross your fingers and look for Portal, uh, a play that Jan Johns is in, and that'll be on Sunday. And all next week, we have all sorts of great events, and it's going to end with Voice of Palooza Prime on Sunday the 26th. In the meantime, send messages to all your friends. Let them know to come here. Go to voiceofpalooza.com for the schedule and uh, look up uh, Fallout for Hope on uh, uh, Twitter. <laughs> Wes is currently in uh, Yeah, it's the my Alexa is telling me to give uh, Cozy her pills every night at 7 p.m. Nice, nice. This is a reminder. This is a reminder. <laughs> Cozy's a Alexa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, where, uh, so, Stephen, where where can people find you, follow you? Uh I, I, I'm, I'm also someone who doesn't really do social media. I have a Twitter account, but... Um, it's not something I do. Um, but I am about to start working, doing voice work on a, a really fun project called Fogtown that is being, uh, it's, a, it's a kind of animated thing that's being done by a, a really inventive guy out of Portland, Oregon named Sean Parker. It's uh, mm. basically a Sherlock Holmes pastiche with finger puppets. Ooh, that's amazing. amazing. That, sounds, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. yeah it's uh, really cool. It's just delightful. And the writing is so fun. And I'm really, really excited about that project. So that's the next thing coming up. That's very cool. Yeah. Paul, what about you? Even wrestle on, on Twitter, right? If anybody wants to reach out to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm on Twitter at uh, four, the number four, Paul Eiding, because somebody else took Paul Eiding. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm, Instagram, just my name. Same thing with um, 
with uh, Facebook. Uh, I've got a, a short film that's making the rounds uh, that's won a bunch of awards. We are now Oscar qualified. Wow. Congrats. Uh, year, it's uh, something that I'm, I'm more proud of it than almost anything I've done. We shot it during the height of the uh, pandemic uh, with my pandemic beard. It's out to there. And it's awesome. called Frank, Frank and Emmett. It's me uh, telling my partner of 45 years that the act is ending. And I revealed to him that... Uh, that he is a puppet. Um, it's, it's me and a Muppet. It's written and directed by um, Carlos, um, uh, I want to use his entire name. Uh, Carlos Puerles, Puertoles. Carlos is the head of animation at uh, DreamWorks. And he always loved the Muppets. So this is more or less an homage to uh, the guys who run the puppets they, so yeah it's look for it because it really is uh something i'm i'm pretty proud of frank and emmett thank you awesome. frank and emmett awesome also thank you to anonymous for the 20 dollars donation yes thank you uh, whoever that was thank you jan yes well following a, a possible emma uh, Oscar qualifying short film. <laughs> you can see me at the local AMP. I'm the one wearing the dancing shoes and nothing else. <laughs> uh, what am I? Oh, so you can find me. I'm I. I'm on social media, but I'm I'm not. I'm not good at it lately, and I've never been good at it, to be honest with you. But so I'm on Instagram and on Facebook, and I'm on Twitter. Um, although barely on Twitter, I'm trying to to get back into it. Um, so, uh, and I've got a couple projects in the works that I can't really talk about. But um, Mickey Mickey Mouse Funhouse was just renewed for season three, which is pretty cool. Yes, it's awesome. Yay. So that's cool. And then I'm doing some stuff on um, Alice's Wonderland Bakery. Um, so every time I have a, a session, I I immediately want cupcakes and scones. So do they make you smaller, taller? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I they I'm trying to like say something other than eat me because I feel like I'm trying to think of the name. <laughs> she has the in the in the cartoon where she has the cookies like eat me. Oh, don't mind if I do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jan. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, Jan. Oh, Jan. Oh, Jan. Kind of. That's kind of what I'm working on. Some, some, a lot of video games that are coming out. Um, but I have no idea if some of them will ever like. Have you? I mean, other like, do you guys feel this way? Do you have things going on that have been going on for years and years and years? And you're like, they've recast me. I'm sure Dwayne the Rock Johnson has my part. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Chris Pratt's playing me now. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's just like, so I, I don't even know. Like, I'm like, am I even in that anymore? I don't even know. So there's that. Well, you should be. You should be in all the things. That's right. That's right. Peter, what about you? Uh, I am wrapped up in a pile of NDAs. <laughs> uh, Enough said. Anything coming out, I, I really can't. I did just work with a studio we're all familiar with. Ah. I don't think that gives too much. Yeah, I wonder Cheaply? what that could be. Cheaply? 
<laughs> Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. <laughs> cool. Chris? Is there any way that you want people to reach out to you if they're? Oh Is yeah, that- I'm on Twitter at uh, Jessup Peter. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Dad Jessup. There is a fake Peter Jessup account. I saw that one. I know, right? Oh, God. And they won't That's get rid of it. I have, I have reported it over and over again. So have a lot of my followers and they just, like, it doesn't violate our standards. I'm like, That's yeah, it does. Creepy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, they should give you a blue mark. Yeah. yeah well. You can put in for it. Yeah. I especially, have. especially if somebody's impersonating you. I, oh, I have and I've this? been turned down. Many yeah, times. likewise. Uh, yeah, Facebook yeah. and Instagram is so stupid. I hate those companies. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, that's where I am. Chris. Uh, you can check out my website, the Fuxedos, spelled the app. P I N E A P P L E. Don't do it a dumb one. Right? <laughs> um, I guess uh, uh, Voice of Walker on Twitter and Christopher Crutchfield Walker on Instagram because they say not to have your brand make any coherent sense together. Um, and uh, I work on a show called Thespian where I'm a producer and one of the actors. It's on YouTube. It's really fun to work on. We're it's great. It's first. a great show. You should check it out. Thanks, Wes. It's out of Baltimore. Baltimore. Uh, very funny um, stand-up comic turned actor writes the whole thing named Mark Unger. And then I'm doing, I'm in uh, the audio dramas from Graphic Audio um, of the Fred the Vampire Accountant series. And there's also a very good audiobook series done by a uh, narrator, um, but we do the, um, the audio drama of that. So those are, that's what's coming up. It's an accountant. It'll keep you in the red. It will. And what was the Paul Rudd show on Netflix again? It is Living With Yourself. Living. And it's great. It's so, yeah. And Jan, thank you for like teeing that up. Oh, oh. <laughs> and what your social security thing? number is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great show, and I was really proud to have any part in it. So, John, but especially the peeing part. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm at Gentry John on social media. Try to keep it consistent, and um, I have a short film on the film festival circuit right now called 10. I'm really proud of the work we did. And you can find out more information at 10, T-E-N, shortfilm.com. And short film. Okay. I have a lot Jen, of homework to do. Jen's going to be making the rounds. <laughs> I'm going to see all of your things. I did. I said, the Fuxitos, Skyscraper, Frank and Emmett, <laughs> Living With Yourself, Thespians, and 10shortfilm.com. 10, 10 <laughs> Weekend planned. Yeah. <laughs> Danny. Uh, working on um, uh, an audiobook series based on silent films. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's kind of uh, John Cage meets um, early Cecil B. DeMille. Cool. Thank you, Christopher, for being the only fucking person in this chat to get the goddamn joke. <laughs> I got it. And oh, then, you, it. then you then you push a little farther. <laughs> right. Uh, working on a, a speaking of Cecil B. DeMille, a remake of the Ten Commandments. It's all in Basque. Um, <laughs> wow. It's a hard language. I don't I don't I don't know it. 
at and all. A like very that. limited audience. I don't know one word in Basque. Yeah. I don't know a single fucking Basque word. I, the only <laughs> word I know for Basque is like a Spanish word that means Basque, which is Vasco. It's not a Basque word. The only word you need to know in Basque is bathroom. So you can get around. That's all you need to know. Do you know that word, was? No. <laughs> I would be in big trouble. Anyone, anyone in chat? Well, I mean, without looking it up. That's I'm looking it up right now. Baño. Comuna. Espanol. What is it? Comuna. Comuna. K-O-M-U-N-A. Like a commune. Like a commune. What? A commune. God, what else? Thinking about starting a roller derby league. I mean, I don't have any skates. I don't have one. I don't. I'm terrible on skates. No, actually, I'm not that bad on skates, to be honest. And there was a roller rink in L.A. that was awesome. And it's just done. I think even before the pandemic is done. And um, thinking about uh, inventing a new kind of mustard. Ooh. Like a mustard that's never been done before. That's like mustard plus peanut butter or mustard plus, um, I don't know, locust. <laughs> oh, how about how about mustard with a uh, sebaceous cyst fluid and it, you call it pustard oh god oh wow that was actually that was uh that was like for shitty puns that was like transcendent oh, well that was the emperor that started puns. what about mustard and pineapple ah, no actually that was a quality pustard 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 would be a good band name. I nestered. I love the chat room right now after Jan said that. We've got an ooh and a <laughs> Jan, Jan no. no. <laughs> Pustard. You can unfollow Jan at. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, fuck Cito's again. If you spell it F-U-C-K-C-I-T-O apostrophe S, I will find you and I will <laughs> slap you about the face and neck. So don't do that. <laughs> the, it's always the. That's another thing. Even if they get the, the Fuxitos part, they like, oh, it's Fuxitos. You're in Fuxitos. No, fuck you. The F-U-X-E-D-O-S. Don't put a second E on it. Or again, I'll find you and I will beat you severely. And then you can keep an eye on what I'm doing, which I may or may not be at liberty to discuss at this time. Well, that is all great the... thing to say if you don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> if you do. <laughs> don't know what... To... Should I say where I'm at there, Ken? Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Wes Johnson Voice. Uh, I think Instagram is just Wes Johnson. And Wes Johnson Actor on uh, TikTok, if you want to go there and see uh, Craig Seckler with his adoring fan hair, uh, he's on there as well. And I'll be working on a Star Trek film this summer called uh, Farragut Forward. Uh, which is, uh, I'll be playing a Klingon. I've done it in Star Trek games. I've played Klingons vocally. Now I get to wear the the lumpy head. And, he looks uh, so be... good as a Klingon. The makeup is... I look is... better as a Klingon than I do as myself. It's, it's, it's pretty weird. And I've done a film called Thank You by uh, Mike Krasinski, which is out there at the festivals. And you can probably even see it on YouTube if you want. And I, there may be one coming up uh, later in the fall as well. So, uh, you know, fingers crossed, NDAs in place and just uh, hanging in there for hopefully all of us uh, being able to recover from the uh, dearth of work during the pandemic. Let's all get some back. This will be the summer, hopefully, of work for all. I want to thank uh, thank everyone in chat tonight for the amazing donations pushing us yes. over that. Yeah, We're at now $10,407. It's just yeah. the ceiling is just blown off this thing. Thank you so much. 
And thank you, everyone here. Uh, Tom, before uh, before we leave, where where can everyone find you? Yeah, so robotsradio.net, Ken's podcast, Chad Default 76 podcast, and my podcasts, but the one you guys are most in- interested in most likely is the Fallout Lorecast. All of that stuff can be found at robotsradio.net. I run the network. There's lots of awesome shows if you're looking for more content about video games and the world of video games and all that kind of stuff. So that's where you can find my stuff. Well, day one, uh, our programming has come to a close. Tomorrow, day two, we have some exciting things planned for you. So check all of that out at voiceofpalooza.com, Fallout for Hope. To plug into everything else we're doing, check out robotsradio.net. Reach out to me on Twitter at robots underscore radio. Check out the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where you can join me and a bunch of our other creators creating your podcast, starting a new podcast, or helping your current podcast grow. There's more information about that on robotsradio.net as well. And you can always talk with us and the entire community, over 2,000 people on the Robots Radio Discord. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you. See you guys next time. <laughs>